Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Today's guest is Tony Jeffries, who is an English former professional boxer. I almost stumbled over those words, I'm not going to lie. Who won a bronze medal in the 2008 Summer Olympics. In 2012, an undefeated Jeffries was forced to retire through hand injuries. And so today's episode, we're going to talk about how he transitioned and pivoted uh, into the into the normal world after spending 17 years of his life as a boxer. He's basically been getting pummeled in the head since the age of 10. And then at the age of 27, boxing career done. And and for a lot of us, you know, it's it's tough when you put in all that work because, I mean, Tony Jeffries was a nine. Uh, he won nine national titles and fought for England 56 times, having a total of 106 fights. 96 amateur, 10 professional. And, uh, and you know, to add to it, add to a story, you know, he got married to his high school sweetheart uh, and they have three daughters. And so we're going to talk about uh, the values and principles he's instilling in his daughters. We're going to talk about brain health because he got pummeled so many times. Uh, he's 35 now. And we're going to talk about the ways that he optimizes his sleep, the way he optimizes his diet, the way he optimizes his brain and uh, so that, you know, he can continue to thrive. Um, and, and since then, he's also pivoted and moved to L.A., and he's opened up two gyms. And what's beautiful is you're also going to hear about the advice that he received from a life coach that helped him spiral up out of drinking and, and, and binging on food. So if you're, if you're struggling with, with raising your kids, if you're struggling with, uh, uh, injury that that you're trying to overcome, whether it's back or hand. If you're if you're struggling because uh, you have to change careers or you have to move, you have to leave your country, your homeland, like Jeffries had to, uh, and and you're looking for advice and you're looking for direction and you need guidance. This is the episode to listen to. Um, I want to apologize up front for the sound. Tony Jeffries uh, is owns two uh, boxing gyms and uh, he was. Uh, uh, for, uh, I was fortunate and enough to have him on the episode. But he uh, squeezes in his schedule uh, at the gym. So you're going to hear echo in the background. Disregard the echo. Disregard the sound because you can still hear him clearly. And his message still rings through. And it's a message uh, that a lot of us uh, should take away with us, especially what he says at the end. It's so powerful and impactful. Uh, I wrote it down. And uh, I'll probably share it out as a tweet. So I just want to apologize for that equity that you hear in the background. He's in Santa Monica. I'm, in, I'm here in San Diego. Uh, and what else? Also, go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Why? 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 Because, you know, I started this podcast because, I we listen, emotions, nobody has a monopoly on emotions, Right? So that, that feeling of despair, the, the sadness, the hurt, the, the loneliness, the, the, the feeling like a, all those feelings, Leo Flowers has in spades. And, uh, and I found a way to, to implement coping skills and self-soothing techniques to help me maintain a, a level of, uh, I say a level because, I mean, I'm not a robot, you know, but a level of, of calm a level of presence and, and, um, and that 
It's helped me engage and and want to not only be here, but want to thrive here. So go to thrivewithleo.com. Let me teach you the things that I, I've learned and, and what I'm still continuing to learn. Let me continue to fill your cup uh, and go to thrivewithleo.com and let's get to tomorrow together. With that said, let's get into the episode. Here we go. Tony Jeffries. You know, to for you to have won the national titles and fought for England and, and great and you know Great Britain fifty six times and and you've had like over a hundred fights, uh, you know, between amateur and professional, and then you you broke your hand. How did you handle that mentally? So yeah, that was the hardest thing that I've ever went through in my life. You know, I boxed since the age of ten years old. Like you see, I won seven national titles, a European champion. Captain the England boxing team, went to the Olympics, won that bronze medal, then had a great career, undefeated as a professional, start making money, start making a name for myself. And all I ever really did since I was 10 years old was box. Then at 27, my hands got injured. It was the worst. So it was like, I never had a plan B. All I had was a plan A, and that was boxing. So I never had a plan B. So, uh, you know, I, I, I went in a really, really bad place, start drinking alcohol, which I never really did much before, put lots of weight on got fat, got depressed, felt down, and it was a horrible time in my life. I always remember, when I think about back at that time, in 2012, it was a really dark moment in my life, you know? And the drinking, the, the putting on mm-hmm. weight, how much weight do you think you put on? I put on about 30 pounds wow. uh, from my from my fighting weight, but like I was the heaviest I'd, I'd ever ever been. Uh, in, in box, so boxers do put weight on after fights, but I put a lot of weight on and a lot of, a lot of fat as well. It wasn't just water weight or, or whatever. It was like real fat, and and then you get uncomfortable taking your shirt off, which makes you feel even lower, you know. Because I'd always been in great shape, a six pack and fit and healthy good complexion but then when you start drinking and eating crappy foods and you put weight on it just kind of puts you in like a little spiral you start feeling worse so when you're feeling worse you drink more and eat worse stuff and then like I say you feel uncomfortable taking your shirt off your clothes I went from a large to an extra large don't really fit you anymore and it's like uh, and that's it. It, it it was a really really bad moment in my life uh, let, let me ask you this, because, you know, I, I suffered an injury to uh, play college football and then going into my last year, uh, I, I had a neck injury, said I couldn't play my last year. And there are a lot of things that went through my head. What what was going through your head that uh, that took you in that direction? Because you, you could have had some other thoughts that took you. You could have been like, all right, this is just a bump in the road. I figure something else out. But what were you what were you thinking that took you down the path of drinking and drugs and and putting on weight? Yeah, no, I, I didn't take any drugs. It was just oh, okay. it was just yeah, it was just drink. But it was um, it was kind of it made us feel good. Like it, it, I lost me worries. Like if you, th- I know you you see you played sports as well. So when when you win at sports, it's a really good feeling. And uh, you you were on a what did you see you play college? What was it basketball? Football. football, sorry, college football. So when you're playing college football, it's great. When you and you know when you win, it's a great feeling. But I, but I feel I've I've not played a, a team sport, yet, but I feel like with boxing, it's kind of a better feeling when you win because it's an individual sport and all eyes are on you and you're the one 
that's getting your hand raised and it's all about you. So when I was winning fights, especially winning in the Olympics and standing on the Olympic podium, you know, you're, you're, you're on a on a pedestal and everyone's looking up at you and, and, and you're, it's like you're in a really great place. And, you know, I, I knew that I was never going to feel that great feeling again. I, I'm, like, like I said, I've never took a drug before in my life, but I'm guessing it's kind of like a, a cocaine or a heroin where you get that really big high and then you come back down to reality. But now I knew that I was never going to get that really, really big high ever again, you know. And when I used to drink, I used to forget about that. And I used to enjoy it. And I used to love feel, the feeling of being drunk. And so I wasn't, and I, 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 see, I guess that, that was it. Like, what am I going to do now was a, was a big thing. It's like, what I would think when I was not drunk, I would think, what am I going to do now? What am, how am I going to live? How am I going to, I've got no qualifications. I left school with absolutely nothing. I had a good business brain, but all I ever did since I was 10 years old was box. So now it was like, what, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I'd drink and I'd forget about that and I'd have a good time. I'd wake up the next day and I'd be like feeling like crap and then start drinking again. You know, it was a, it was a really rough time. It was a really rough time. How many, how many years do you think you, you went that direction in terms of drinking and, and, and the food and everything else? No, so it wasn't years. It was it was months. It was oh. like six. It was like just about six months. I wasn't like in a whole for for years. It was six months, uh, and uh, and then I then I got myself out of it, and yeah, then six months I put a lot of weight on, and it was a like I say, it was a, it was a bad time, and uh, and then I just had to really give me head a shake and like sort myself out and think about the good things that I'd done in life and the things that I could do, and kind of when I come to America, it was like a clean slate and a fresh start for us. You know what I mean? I, I completely understand that. Uh, to, to peel back the, a few more layers, you know, at the time you're going through this, you know, you broke your hand and, and, and this thing that you've been doing your entire life, you, now you, you're realizing you can no longer do. What, what's the people around you saying to you? Are they, are they encouraging the, the, the drinking? Are they saying, keep your head up? Or like, what, what, what's the... What, the people who are around you, what, what's their feedback? Yeah, no, their their feedback was great. They wanted me to be happy. They, they knew like the drinking. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have been drinking, and they were trying to advise not. But you know, I'm I'm a boxer. I'm, I'm stubborn, and there's no one can tell me anything. I make my own man, and and no matter what people told me, you know, it didn't really matter. So. Uh, they were just supportive. Everyone around me was super supportive. And and wanting the very best for me. Well, I say everyone. My my close circle was around, who was around me. I would I was still getting. And another thing, what made it worse, what I forgot to mention, was I would be getting hate on social media platforms like Twitter. At the time, I was big on Twitter, and uh, people was was giving me a lot of abuse on on Twitter because I had a I had a draw in one of my professional fights. Someone I should have won. So I was getting abuse from social media as well at the same time, which didn't make me feel good. Like, see people saying, oh, it's a good job, you're retired. You were shit out boxing anyway. You were never going to do anything. You're crap. And these, what we call keyboard warriors, I'm sure you've heard that term. Them, them guys were just on top of me as well, you know. But I try and ignore them, listen to my family and the people, my close people who was really trying to get me out of the, the hole that I was putting myself in yeah i mean so you got you had a good support group around you you, you for about six months 
you go on this uh, this binge, and then uh, you said you start thinking about the the value that you added and the things that you've done, and 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 coming to America were those the things that helped turn you around? Did you have to go to meetings? Were there pe- somebody specifically you reached out to? Yeah. No, I, I didn't have to go to any meetings or anything like that. I, I did. I remember when we come to America, like I say, it was like a fresh start. Nobody knew me. In my hometown in Sunderland, I was the only ever Olympian from the city. I was in the newspaper three, four times a week. I was like a, a pretty big name, if you like, there. So every time I went out, everyone knew. Was, everyone was asking questions. Tony, how's your hands? When are you fighting again? Tony, sorry about your, your career. And so everyone was there and it was just constantly reminding us about about it but when i come to america like i say nobody knew who i was and it was great to to get the to like i say to get that that fresh start and uh just changing my focus from from that stuff to the like kind of what i'm what i'm doing now and uh, yeah and i remember because like i said i had no qualifications the only thing i really knew was boxing like i was a good business brain i went and worked in a in a local boxing gym, teaching boxing fitness classes, and there was a guy there, and he kind of could tell that I wasn't, I wasn't myself, if you like. And he, he was, he's a, he called himself a life coach. And I remember he said, Tony, I want to do you a favor. And I was like, what? He's like, I want to, I want to give you a, a three, a free, a couple of free sessions. And I didn't have a clue what a life coach was or psychiatry and all that stuff. And I thought it was a bit BS. And I remember I went and sat at his office in Santa Monica and I spoke to him. And like that, that, that speech or whatever he told me kind of changed everything. That really helped us and got us out of the hole. And it was like, it basically said like, you know, don't stop complaining. What are you complaining about? Stop complaining. And I was like, well, I've done it. Well, I should have been here. I should, you not stop complaining. And he really gave me a great understanding about about life and the future and and that sort that sort of thing, you know. And he said, go do this. He, and the task he gave me was go for one day and don't complain one time. And I was like, easy, but it's not as easy as you think. So I did that, and I really seen a difference in my life. And even to this day, that was like, that was in 2012. Uh, yeah, 2012. And even even now, that's always in the back of my mind. Like, I, I cannot really complain about anything, you know? So, so you, you start to have a thought uh, you, where you start, you, can't, you, start to see, you start to hear yourself and notice that you're, you're making a complaint. How, how do you redirect yourself? How do you, how do you get back on track or... or distract yourself from that yeah like right right now i don't complain about anything like i've i've got it drilled into my head now i'm really disciplined i don't complain about any, anything i don't use the word hate i've just used it there but that's probably the first time i've said it in months i i've took that word hate out of my vocabulary completely and i'll i'll never say that you know and i've yeah I've, I, it's like a trigger that goes off in my brain now if i'm starting to complain about anything it's like what are you complain about and and the thing that he said to me what I always remember was, if you complain, I'm sure you've heard this a hundred times, you complain, what you, the thing you complain about is yourself. And I didn't understand that first. And it's like, the thing you complain about is yourself. And I was like, well, how's that? He said, well, if it rains outside and you complain about the rain, the weather, and you say, oh, this weather, I really don't like this weather, and you're being negative towards it. He said, you're complaining about yourself. You can't 
handle that, the weather's like that. It's out of your control. It's completely out of your control. So why complain about it? You're complaining about yourself. And and that there really makes me think like about never complaining because I'm complaining that I can't handle it. Does that make sense? Have you heard that before? I'm sure you have, right? Absolutely, because, you know, it's uh, everything's about perspective. It's, it's never what happens to you. It's about how you perceive what happens to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and that's even with business now. I've kind of tra- translated that to business. I heard someone, it was uh, Henna Gracie, the, who does Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, talking about um, things being personal. He said, if someone... So if someone come and says something to you like you're an arsehole, like that's not personal. And I'm like, how is that not personal if they're calling me arsehole? He said, it's not personal because that's them complaining about them. It's them who's got the problem, not you, you know? And that made me really think like, yeah, nothing really is uh, uh, personal for, with, with that. Does that make sense? A- absolutely, because you can only put out into the world what's what's in you. So if if you're calling yeah. somebody, what, what you know, for, for listeners and people out there who are being bullied, just know that whatever the bully is saying to you, that means that somebody put that in a bully. His, his parents, uh, his siblings, his friends, the media. Like, you, you can't put out into the world what is not already in you. And, 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 and that's one of the reasons why, you know, before I, I do podcast episodes or work with my clients or, or step out into the world, that's why I meditate in the morning. That's why I, I read, uh, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh or, you know, and I journal because I'm trying to, I, I want to fill my cup up with love and compassion and kindness yeah. and focus uh, instead of letting the news dictate my my emotional ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. And like what you said there about if someone's bullying you or another thing, if someone's got a problem with you, I, I, I love this because if someone's ever got a problem with me, they're the one with the problem, not me. They've got the problem, and you know, and I, I feel sorry for them people who's got the problem because I'm fine. So, someone's complaining, you know, yeah, I feel sorry for you because you, you've, you've got the problem that you can't handle the situation that you're in. And, you know? and, and here's how I, I know you're not uh, a, a complainer and, and you're focused because uh, I know Brendan Schaub, and, and I know that. There was a period where you were driving Brendan Schaub, who, for those of the listeners who don't know, he's a former UFC fighter. But you used to drive him uh, to the OC to train every day. I, the word is three hours down, two hours back, <laughs> four days a week. Is, is, this, is this the truth? No, that's not the truth. He used to drive. I used to be in the, used to be in the passenger <laughs> side. Yeah, but, he, he, he drove. But, yeah, it was like every day like five, five, well, five times a week we'd be driving down there where he would train uh, yeah we, we, we drive down there all the time but he was the one who was driving it was funny because his car was like a, every time I think about that driver I was thinking about his car he, had, he rented a little Prius and it was like a, a dustbin it was just full of empty bottles and rubbish and, and crap <laughs> yeah <laughs> Brendan shot for, for the <laughs> listeners don't know Brent, how tall is Brendan He's like six foot four. He's so a big guy, six, six foot five. four in a in a Toyota Prius. I can't even imagine how little space yeah. you two had for five hours, five days a week. Uh, <laughs> that 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 requires a lot of focus, right there. 
Yeah, and I'm six foot two as well. And then he had his manager, Lex, come, who was like, he's probably six foot, but he's like 250 pounds as well. So it would be three of us some days driving down Orange County in the car. Oh, God. So I just try to get the back seat. So, so what I love about your story is that you, 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 you were at, the, at this, you, you were at a peak and then you had an injury. And, and then you have to recalculate, recalibrate, you have to reassess, and you change the locations. You said, you know what, I can't thrive here anymore. Let me go somewhere else. And so not only have you come to America to start over, uh, you've also opened uh, a gym, right? Like, do you, you have a fr- is it a franchise, the Box and Burn? Yeah. It's, yeah, we've got, we got two locations in the education program where we travel around the world teaching fitness professionals how to teach boxing. And yeah, like, like what you said, like, so I had a peak, then I had a low, then I had a peak. And what has happened with, with my situation is because I had that low, like that, that low ended up being the best thing that happened. I was getting that hand injury was the best thing that could have happened. It was me retiring from boxing at the age of 27 because I mean, a few things. Number one, I'm not getting punched in the head anymore. Being punched in the head since I was 10 years old until I was 27, 17 years of constant boxing, punched in the face. Now, you don't have to be a rotten scientist to to know that that's not healthy, right? So now I'm not getting punched in the head anymore. Then I moved to America. If I was still a boxing, I, chances are I wouldn't have moved here full time. And then since, since, since I've retired from boxing, I've... Like I say, I've opened two two gyms. It's doing really well. My I'm financially better now than I was before I than when I was a professional boxer. Uh, my brand, my personal brand, is bigger now than I was when I was a boxer. Um, and I've got three daughters now, who who if I was still boxing and I was still getting punched in the head, I think it would be would have been tough for them, you know, because I'm. I'm I'm big into dementia now, and not not dementia. I'm big into brain health now, and what boxing does to the brain is not good. So if I if I continue fighting, if my hands didn't get injured, I continue fighting. I could be punch drunk, living in Sunderland now, with do, working a job that I really disliked. But now because I got injured and I went through that, now I'm living the best life I could possibly live. Speaking of someone who's amazing like yourself right now. Know what I mean, man? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean. I'm definitely amazing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be humble about that. Uh, <laughs> Great. You, you, you brought up brain health. What, what are the things you know? And 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 be you know, share all the things because I'm so fascinated by brain health and 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 what people are doing today, especially with you being in. You know, I'm in Marina Del Rey, so I I, I know oh, that the access. Well, right now I'm in San Diego. Uh, right. But I live up in Marina Del Rey. But uh, what what are the what are all the things you're doing to to improve your brain health? Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to get the best sleep that I can get. Uh, sleep when you sleep, you that helps repair your brain. And when I'm sleeping, I'm I'm taking some supplements um, like uh, magnesium, L-theanine, which really help with with the brain. Um, and my diet is good now, eating lots of berries and, and, and nuts and things that's good for the brain. Exercising, I'm not, I'm not drinking any alcohol anymore. I mean, last year I was, I was drinking a lot, but now I'm not drinking any alcohol anymore. Uh, so things like that really help, help with your brain. And 
now I'm friends with a guy called Andrew Huberman, who is the professor of neuroscience at Stanford University. I had him on my podcast and he's been giving me some, some advice, like what supplements I should be taking and, uh, and that sort of thing, you know, but like, yeah, like sleep and stress is really bad for the brain. I mean, not not getting enough sleep and being stressed all the time is really bad for the brain. So I really try and get the best sleep I can. Try and not be not not not, not get stressed. Uh, and then as well, I I get in the sauna between four and seven times a week as well. I've just got a sauna at my house. So things like that, you know, uh, will will help make the brain better or, or will maintain good brain health. Uh, in terms of uh, peeling back the 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 curtains on the supplements you mentioned magnesium and l-theanine uh yeah now what do those help do yeah um so they they help with with sleep that's what i take them for they help with sleep and when the when you are sleeping um i think it's that the the l-theanine helps you get asleep and the magnesium the our bodies are are always low on magnesium anyway, so we should have them. And as for the ins and outs, I'm not that sure, to be honest. Uh, but I, like I say, I got advised off Andrew Huberman, who, like I say, he's, he knows his shit. And uh, so ever since I've been doing these, I've been more clearer through the day, you know? So it's something that I would really, really ad, uh, recommend. It's it's called Mag MagTech, uh, no, sorry, MagMind, MagMind by a company called Jarrow. Is where I get the the magnesium from, MagMind, and then the L-theanine is from uh, Thorn, Thorn L-theanine. Great things, but before you sleep, and I, I like I say, my sleep's improved, which only helps me perform better through the day. Low stress levels, as well. I, I love that, and, and for the listeners out there who, for whatever reason, can't access the supplements. Uh, there are food sources that are high in magnesium, such as spinach, uh, yeah. uh, pumpkin seeds, lima beans, tuna, brown rice, almonds, dark chocolate, avocados, and bananas. So you can right. get those naturally, also if you're if you're if you're uh, if you're not able to access the uh, supplements. Yeah. So. And I, I did the, the, so I've got a podcast called Boxing Life Podcast. So if you listeners want to go and ch- check that out, the episode with Andrew Huberman, he talks in detail about all of, all of the the supplements and, and stuff like that and what you can do to improve your brain health. It was a great episode. You should maybe get him on, on this show as well. I would love to. Uh, if he could do it like an email introduction, that would be yeah, incredible. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I will. He's, he's, he's really, really good. And and yeah. then when you talked about the, the sauna uh, what? How does the sauna uh, help with the brain health? So, well, sauna's got so many different benefits, but uh, it's there's been a, there's been an article out uh, from the Alzheimer's Association that talks about how how it helps your brain, and uh, it's th- there's been a, a study a study going on for 20 years in uh, Eastern Finland where they've they've studied I think it's over 2,000 people over 20 years and it says that people who get in the sauna regularly between four and seven times a week uh it's it, uh, it's lowered the risk of alzheimer's and dementia so i don't know the exact details but this very long study that's going on uh talks about that but as well with the sauna it, there's so many other benefits to it like it impo- improves your overall health and performance uh 
it helps with your uh, blood circulation, helps your skin, helps burn calories, relieve stress. Uh, there's a ton of different, uh, it had, like I say, it helps with sleep as well. There's a ton of different um, uh, benefits to it. And, you know, I just got a sauna from a company called Healthmate that's in California. And uh, yeah, it's one of the best investments I've done. It really is. You know, that's one of those things that uh, when I when I've really made it, I'm definitely going to put a sauna up in uh, in the old house. When I go to Vegas, I sauna every day and it it helps. I just I sleep like a baby. You're absolutely right about that. How long are you sitting in a sauna for? I hear 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm sitting I'm sitting between uh, 20 and 40 minutes. Um, You know, when I first got it, I was just trying to get the sauna as hot as I could and stop in for as long as I could. And then I got really dizzy. But like, so I I think it's better to not have it as hot as it goes and just have it like steady and and stop in for longer. You know, I've got an infrared sauna, which doesn't get doesn't get as hot as a dry sauna, uh, but it's supposed to uh, infrared saunas supposed to get deeper into into your body rather than just heating heating the air up. And, and then now in terms of exercise, because you, you have the hand injuries, uh, what type of exercise are you doing? Are you, are you able to do regular exercises or? You, yeah, you, I can, I can do everything. Gonna... I, can, I can still do, I can still punch, but I can't, I can't punch correctly. If you, I don't know if you've seen my Instagram, but I'm punching, I'm punching the heavy bags all the time on there, but I punch a little bit different. Uh, but yeah, boxing is, is still my favorite way of exercising, boxing for fitness. I haven't been punched in the head for over, for like four or five years now. Well, I'll tell a lie. I don't know if, do you know Aubrey Marcus? Uh, oh yeah, Audrey Marcus. Uh, oh, from Honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, well, I don't so, know him, but I know of him. So he's a good friend of mine, and I was training with him in uh, at Austin at the beginning of the year, and we were doing some shoulder body spawn, and he missed me shoulder, and he hit me straight in the chin, <laughs> and nearly knocked me out. I got a big black flash. So other than that, I've... Uh, I've not been punched in the face for a long time. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a, he has a, he has, does he have two books out or one book? He's got one book out, but he's writing his next book right now. And that book, uh, Own the Day, Own the Life, is a great book telling you about how to perform really well in, in life. And I, and I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Tony Jeffries, you have, you have three daughters. Are there, what are, are there, what are the principles or ideas or, or values that you're trying to instill in your three daughters? No, it's trying to keep them humble and not spoil them, but it's so, so hard. Have you got any kids? Uh, the, the world is, are my kids. You know, that's how I look <laughs> at it. It's like I start this podcast because I, like, I, want, I want to take everybody in. Yeah, great. I like that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just hard not to spoil them. And you know, I want them, I want the best for them, but it's it's so hard being a parent because what is what is the best for your kids? You know, I I know kids who've had the best education that you could think of, and they've turned out now when they're working in jobs that they can't stand. And then you've got people like me who didn't finish school who who's who's did all right and working uh, the best job imaginable. You know, so it's it's so hard being a parent, knowing what's right and what's wrong. You know, my big thing is just giving them as much love as possible. Me and my wife, we, we love our daughters more than anything. And we let them know that every single day, every single day. Yeah, you know? you're absolutely right. It's like nobody knows what's best because uh, sometimes growing up in poverty is best for a kid because of yeah. their personality and their genetics and the way they see the world. And for some people, you know, growing up wealthier, some people growing up middle class or 
or you know, like some people need struggle in order to grow, and some people thrive when they're on top. Like they know how to take a million dollars and make it a hundred million, and some people know how to take a million dollars and blow it in Vegas. You know, yeah. so it, yeah. it's it's there's there is a, a genetic component, and and like you said, it's like all you can do is love them, try to set it the best example as you possibly can, and you're really just hoping for the best. Yeah, big time. Like I see it, like exactly what you said there. You grew up in poverty, where where I grew up in a, a council, like a, a welfare, when I was young, and that's really helped me so much in life. Growing up in the northeast of England in Sunderland, where now and and having nothing hardly, and now my kids are, are going to school, and everyone's rich in their school. Like we're richer than. I've got way more stuff than me, so it's like, how are they going to turn out? They they probably think that they haven't got anything compared to some of the kids in their school, you know. Oh. So I worry about that. Like they they're going to go to their friends' houses who live in big mansions, and then they come back to our townhouse and they're thinking, wow, we're not doing that well, but really we are, you know. So it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, do you ever take them back home and let, let them see the streets that uh, oh 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 Papa grew up on? Yeah, I will. I mean, they're still young. My oldest one's five. They're really young. But when they get a bit older, yeah, I'll, I really will. And I've even thought about, like, if we could even give them a year of school and in, in a, a, back at home, you know, where I'll learn how to be street smart and learn how to look after myself. But, you know, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing. Uh, but it's a challenge, and I, and I enjoy the challenge, I guess. Uh, I mean, that's what makes a, a boxer great. You know, there's this new Jordan documentary. And, you know, the, the thing is, is he, he just loves competition. Not everybody loves competition. Uh, right. But he just had that. He was born with that mindset of, you know, he wants to win no matter what. And uh, he, he loves to be challenged and he, and he loves overcoming obstacles. Yeah. Like with this, this I'm going to watch that documentary. I've heard about it. It looks, sounds great. But with the coronavirus now, like I own these two, I co-own these two gyms. Gyms is never going to be the same ever again. But like we've got to pivot the business and do something completely different. And it's a challenge. And I'm, and I'm secretly happy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm secretly happy that we, that right now we're, we're back to the bottom. Like we've got no money. The, the bank, the, our, our business bank account's dry at the gyms. So it's like, I'm secretly happy because it's in the next challenge, next challenge and it's going to make me work even harder and be more hungry. <laughs> I, I love that. You know, I, I, I too thrive uh, from the bottom. Like, I, I love the, the idea of like, I got to claw myself out of this. It's like, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with comfort. Like that, that it makes right. me a little uneasy. I'm like looking over my shoulder, you know, but when I'm at yeah. the bottom, I'm like, all right, suckers, you know, buckle up. Yeah, yeah, and you want to, you want, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's like time to prove people wrong, or try to like the competitive mentality. Time to show people what I can really do, you know. So, yeah. Tony, we've covered so much of your life story. Is there, is there anything in terms of your journey? Anything from your life coach? Anything that for for people out there struggling with loss, struggling with transition, struggling with uh, with overcoming obstacles, and and having to turn a new leaf? Anything that that uh, you'd want to say to them yeah i think you know at the end of the day it's down to you it's down to you if you're in a hole right now it's down to you to get yourself out and you know people around you can have the best people around you supporting you 
you know, but as well, it comes down to you to get yourself out of that hole. And that the best advice that I got was go deal without complaining. And that right there changed everything. When you don't complain, you know, it makes your life way, way better. Just bite your tongue. Don't let it, even if you complain in your head, don't let it out, you come out of your mouth. And that I think that right there will help change life. This being said, everything I'm seeing, depending on what people are going through, it's easy for me to see it. I don't know your situation, you know, and everyone's everyone's different. So, and it's easy for me to sit here right now and, and see all of this. And But that worked for me. So if I can give you one piece of advice, that it is, go 24 hours without complaining. And I think you will see a big a big difference in, in your life. Yeah, absolutely right. Cause, because what happens is that you start to see the things you can be grateful for. I mean, whether you're in jail, you're you're uh, you're impoverished, whatever your situation is, there there is something that you can hold on to. And and what I love that you held on to, Tony, is that you didn't look externally for resources. You went internally. You said, yeah. "Look, I've done this before. I have a business mind." I can so that means I can go anywhere in the world and 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 start and create a business and that's exactly what you did. You you looked internally at your internal resources and and you used that. And so for the listeners out there, I encourage you. We all were birthed with internal resources that no one under any circumstance could take away from us. And so you tap into that and you figure out how to manifest that out into the world and, and to change your life and, and transition. Yeah, great. I love it. And one more thing, one more, one more yep. little tip that I've yeah, done, I'm sure you've heard before, is uh, writing down gratitude, like writing down five five things a day that you're grateful for, and it, it can be anything. Like you're grateful for the sun coming in your bedroom in the morning. You're grateful for uh, the food that you've got, your your job, or whatever it may be. Write these down in a in a journal, in a little book, and then every single day, do it do five days a week then when you are feeling down and you are not feeling yourself, get that book and open it and read through everything you're grateful for. And that right there, I'll just remind you when you're feeling low and feeling down that you have got things to be grateful for. And I've got a book now, a journal, uh, with, with loads of grateful things in and I don't really feel down anymore, but if I ever did, I'd go read that and I'd say, wow, I've got this, 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 this to be thankful for. That, that's a game changer right there. Uh, and and that's the name of uh, isn't that the name of Aubrey Marcus's book Game Changer? No, it's uh, on, on the day on your life. Oh, on the day. Who is Game Changer? Game Changers is that vegan thing on Netflix. Ah, you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, so I'm getting. Oh, I have my. I didn't have my magnesium today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- Tony, I asked this question of everybody on the podcast. Last question, because always imagine there's someone listening in who may be on the precipice of ending their life. Before you kill yourself, what would you say to them, Tony? God, that's a deep, a deep question. Uh, when, you, when you die, you not just getting rid of your pain, you're giving other people a lot of pain that'll be with them for the rest of their life. So if you are thinking about doing that, um, you know, think about 
the people that you're going to hurt for the rest of you're going to hurt them for the rest of their life their life's never going to be the same and there is help out there there really is help uh, just so just give it give it another day and then give it another day and, and see what you feel like after that other day give it a day without complaining and then yeah hopefully that gets better but yeah fucking don't do it <laughs> don't do it Tony Jeffries that was amazing please plug all your things where can people find you uh, if you want to learn how to punch really hard, find me on Instagram. My Instagram's full of boxing education videos, very helpful. Tony underscore Jeffries. Uh, yeah, find me on that platform. And then my podcast, Boxing Life Podcast, where I talk about boxing life, getting great guests on. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for going to get help. For, for reaching out, for getting a coach. Tony Jeffries got a coach. He didn't, he didn't do this by himself. Nobody, anybody who tells you that they got from point A to point B by themselves did not. He was, he was in a car with Brendan Schaub when they drove down to OC. And, and now look with yeah. Brendan Schaub. If you know who that is, look him up. He, he's doing very well now. But, but the people who are doing very well, who are thriving, who are, who are engaged in life, who have a smile on their face, who have an energy about them, a charisma, uh, a, a, a power to them that you that you want a piece of when they they've worked on that but they've had a team of people around them they've they've worked with other people but they more, most importantly they reached out to those people they picked up the phone they went to the meeting they they journal they're writing down the things that they are grateful for there's work that has to be done nothing happens without you making that step thank you all for listening in you go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly, and let's get to tomorrow together. Thank you, Tony. Thanks, mate. See you soon.